0: Good evening, good evening, good evening. And welcome back to the Know Your Role Player podcast. I'm your host, J215, the number four ever. Follow your boy on IG, and you know, on my IG page is the podcast page. That is at Player underscore podcast. The best way that you can listen to this podcast is to download the Anchor app. Whether you have Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Radio Public, CastBox, Breaker, Radio FM, or many, many more. You will get notifications like the episode you are currently listening to becomes available. All right? All right. Guys, welcome back. Today is Wednesday, May 18th. All right? Happy Hump Day to everybody. We're going to keep today's pod simple. Uh, Basically, two main topics. First, we're going to cover last night's game. We'll do a preview for tonight's game. And we'll do a little bit of NBA lottery results. All right? I got my guest with me, French. French,
1: what's up to the people. What's going on, everybody? Oh, man, we got a lot to get to So You want to jump into last night's game? Yeah, man. So last night, you know, Miami was taking on the Boston Celtics in Miami. The final score to the game was 118-107. Mm-hmm. But the score does not tell the whole story. But let's do stats real quick. Uh, Jason Tatum finished with 29 points, 8 rebounds, 6 assists. Uh, Jalen Brown, 24 points, 10 rebounds, 3 assists. Big game for Robert Williams, 18 points, 9 rebounds, 1 assist. Yes, sir. I think he had a couple blocks, too. And on the Miami Heat side, Jimmy been getting buckets Butler, 41 points, 9 rebounds, 5 assists on 12 and 19 shooting and no threes. It's old school basketball. Yes, sir. Uh, Gabe Vincent, big game starting point guard last night. Seventeen points, three assists, two rebounds. Tyler Hero was huge off the bench. Eighteen points, eight rebounds, three assists, and then everybody else kind of chipped in. You know, Max Struess had eleven. Bam, we'll get into that. <laughs> yeah, uh, and then PJ Tucker had a little injury scare in the first half, ended up being all right and still playing thirty-one minutes.
0: Right. So um, PJ Tucker did a really good job as far as defending. Um, you know, as far as role players, to me, he is the swing role player for Miami. He stays out of foul trouble, and he can be a par- primary defender on both Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. That's a W. Now, uh, a couple of notes before this game. Right before this game, it was ruled that Marcus Smart and Al Horford were out. Right. Yep. And you ask yourself, Yo, they're losing two, two, um, two starters. This, they're gonna lose this game. Most people had to lose in the game anyway. But in the first half, they completely outplayed Miami. Absolutely. Jason Tatum, I think, had 21 points at halftime. Am I correct? Yes. And he did whatever he wanted to. It looked like he was going to have a 40-point night. Miami kind of came out lethargical. And I didn't like Miami's defensive aggression. Also, we'll get to Mr. Bam in a second. But I still want to do some, um, some Boston talk. There was a lot of uh, pick-and-roll coverage and the return of Robert Williams as a roller and... Man, he got some easy buckets. Most of his shots were just dunks finishing at the rim. You know, what I'm playing off a pick and roll. Cover. Yeah. So, I'm I'm not mad that the Celtics lost because I don't think they would have won the game. Um, but the second half got just kind of crazy. I mean, they got completely outplayed in the second half. Again, y'all know what I said about the Celtics before. One of their biggest problems is they do not have great ball handlers. The second half and the third quarter, especially, Miami started to. Pressure the ball, all right. Sped um, Boston about the offense, and then they just took Jason Tatum out of the game, you know. And that's pretty much, um, also they hunted Peyton Pritchard, even though Peyton Pritchard, excuse me, had a good offensive game with 18 points, four assists, and five rebounds. He was consistently hunted on defense. Also, in the first half and in the second half, they really struggled as far as containing Tyler Hero. To he's he does whatever he has, like a history of just killing Boston, so. They really do need Marcus Smart back for him uh, and Al Horford. I think Marcus Smart had a sprain right foot, so we don't know his availability for game two. And Al Horford is out with health and safety protocols. But I think Al Horford is vaccinated, so he might be able to come back by game two. I don't know if he has COVID or if he was in close contact, so we'll see. Um, I know you got a couple things for this game. Go ahead.
1: Yeah, so the first thing I want to say is like, okay, so there's some simple adjustments I think Boston can make going forward. Um And let, let's say, for instance, we don't know about Marcus Smart. All I know is yesterday his foot was too swollen to put on a basketball shoe during right. morning shoot So, like, I kind of knew he wasn't going to play. Um, but even without him, like you said, Peyton Pritchard offensively did his thing. Going forward, if Marcus Smart is playing, I, I can't have any more Derek White minutes. I, I just can't. Like, it, it was the Brooklyn series – it was the milwaukee series he hasn't done anything that would make me think in my, to myself yes this dude could be a difference maker cuz even off the bench he's still getting 20 plus minutes right and he's not doing he went he shot four times last night and had three points right and four, he did have four assists but he had three points it's got to be better it,
0: like, do you, do you think they they can do a better job as far as helping him attack Jerome instead of just being a standstill
1: shooter? Well, okay, so yeah, that too, right? You have to know, like, like the podcast says, know your role players. Yeah, that means you have, like, as a coaching staff, when you got him, and this is all, this is a lot of this is on uh, M. A. Adoka, because he's from the Spurs system initially, right? Yep, he was there when they initially got Derek White before he ended up in Brooklyn uh, last season. So he knows the kind of player he is. And I think they're making a bad decision by letting Jason Tatum run so much of the offense because there were parts of the game last night that looked like the old James Harden-Houston Rockets offense. Murray. And it's like, I don't have a problem with it, right? Because Tatum was getting buckets in the first half. But what we, me and you say this about the Rockets. It's not sustainable. When you Murray. play that style of basketball, you're, you're relying too much on guys to make threes consistently that if they could do that, they would get paid more money than what they get paid. Right. Right? And it's like like you said before the game, Grant Williams, that man had, what, 28 points in game, game yeah, seven?
0: that's not sustainable. You don't expect him to 20 That's points.
1: not sustainable. But you have to put these guys in better positions to help you.
0: Seven points? But Grant Williams has to help himself and be more aggressive on the rebounds. I need no, more he, than one he, rebound
1: for Grant Williams. And I agree with that, too. Like, I think Boston did a really poor job on the glass last night from the guys that we expected. Like, okay, one of the things I think people don't get in the playoffs, you do need other guys to step up. But it doesn't always mean scoring, right? Like uh, Aaron Naismith is a perfect example of that last night. Came in the game in the first half. The man finished the game with no points. He had three blocks and two steals. That's affecting the game in some way. Right. You got to do something when you're down a defensive superstar like Marcus Smart. But I think the biggest thing for Boston, too, it's out, like and, you know, we talked about what, would, what it would look like without Robert Williams. And I think Robert Williams proved that point last night where it was like having Robert Williams was a big factor for them. Yep. Because it makes, it makes Bam have to stay true and not just go – when there was times where Bam was taking Tatum one-on-one at the top of the three-point line, that's a bucket. Because right. Tatum knows he can get by Bam because he can get by anybody in the league.
0: Before we get to Bam, I do want to talk. uh, do a big shout-out to Gabe Vincent.
1: Yeah, buddy. To me,
0: he was the swing role player of the game that kind of took it apart. Max Struess was okay, but I don't think he had the same impact. Gabe Vincent finished with 17 points, three assists, and two rebounds. And only had
1: three points in the first half, by the way. Yeah,
0: like I said, Boston clearly outplayed Miami. It wasn't even close in the first half. And in that third quarter, man, I don't know, the physicality went up. The aggression went up in Miami, I mean, in Boston just kind of went like. <coughs> it was know, a we 35 to
1: 14 run. Yeah. In the that, third that,
0: that was the game. That was the and game. And in all
1: fairness, Miami statistically all season long has been the best third quarter defense in the NBA and it hasn't even been close.
0: Yep. Even the playoffs too. They won almost every single third quarter, man. They made good adjustments at halftime. Yeah. Um, so, let's speak of adjustments. Let's talk about adjustments they can do for game two. Uh if Marcus Smart and Al Horford don't play, right? Yes. We'll just have to go to the conventional pick-and-roll defense, right? <laughs> so, I just think you have a lot of Robert Williams. And I want Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. I want – I would like to get the ball out of Butler's hands, all right? Now, I don't trust Miami shooters as much as other people. And, again, Boston has long defenders that can kind of chase out on those threes. So, I definitely want to do a little bit more trapping to Jimmy Butler because, to me, outside of him and Hero, that's it, man. You could the, the – even though they're a good team, they're, they're you can stop them. They're not un, – un, un, they can't be unstoppable, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, a couple things. One, contain Jimmy Butler, trapped in the pick and roll, getting rid of the ball out of his hands. Two, they got to put somebody bigger and more effective on Tyler Hero do a better job because, like I said, Tyler Hero did whatever he wanted. Those are the two primary scorers, all right? That's to me the biggest thing. And three, um, as far as Boston – I need better production in the second half from Jason G- Tatum and Jalen Brown. Now, even though Jalen Brown finished with 24 points and 10 rebounds, he had some really bad moments. I told yeah. you about this dude's ball handling; it was becoming a problem in that series. Was, hey, man, you, man, all this dumb stuff. What happened in that second half is he started turning that ball over. Couple of travels, couple of turnovers. that got really bad. I think Jimmy Butler wound up with about four steals. Yeah. So, um, you know, I need I need more consistent ball handling. I need less turnovers from Boston, and they got to hit some threes, all right? They got to hit more than 11 threes to give themselves a big chance in this game, even though they out, out won a three-point battle by one. They got to do more than that to win this game versus the series. As far as the heat, I got two words for you. Bam out of body, though. You know what you <laughs> I'm not tripping off of one game because one game is not the part of series, but you have to make a greater impact because I don't think it's fair to ask Jimmy Butler to have 41 and 9 every game. Here's a better question. Why does he have four rebounds? I don't even, I don't trip off of points that much with other people, because you can do other stuff. You can have, if you have eight assists, I won't trip if you have 14 points, right? Because you're still helping your team get buckets, right? Yep. But he, to me, he's like a notoriously average rebounder for a guy that's extremely mobile and smart. It's like, yo, why do you, why do you just get so many few rebounds? I don't know. Maybe it's like a team
1: concept. No, I think it's it's a BAM concept. I think because he's so confident in his defense, he switches a lot when he doesn't have to. Like, well, okay, switching some teams, off they are switching defense, but they don't always switch one through five. And that was the problem last night was there was a lot of times Bam kept stepping out on Jason Tatum when he did not have to because the screen wasn't even set that hard. And then what happens is you have Jimmy Butler on Robert Williams, which means offensive rebounds for the Celtics and lob passes. Because as good as Jimmy, he just – you're not – you can't front somebody that can jump through the ceiling. Right. And I just think with Bam, it's – like, I agree. It's not the point. I never – when Bam came in the league, I never expected 20 points a night from Bam out of bio like some people did, right? Right. But I did expect defense. What'd and I get? expected rebounding. Right. You have to rebound in this series. Because if you look at that Miami team, like, as good as Miami is, and for being a one seed, they're the most flawed one seed we've probably seen in a long time in terms so, of individual talent.
0: I'd go since last year, Sixers. They
1: do, they well, yeah, okay, no, that's fair. that's fair. That's fair. That's fair for us as the one seed. But, yeah, so it's like you, you, you look at this team, and like you said, you don't trust their shooting. Max Struess was terrible in the first half. Right. Picked up two lazy, cheap fouls. And then didn't make a three. Gabe Vincent couldn't shoot in the first half. And if it wasn't for Tyler Hero coming in game ready off the bench, that game could have got out of hand early. Right. So Miami has all the pieces. But like you said, if Bam contributes more like we know he can, right. the game shouldn't be that close if Boston doesn't have Smart or uh, Horford. And to me, it's not even Horford as much as it's Smart. Because like you said, without Marcus Smart, you're now, you're now asking Peyton Pritchard to guard the sixth man of the year.
0: Not going to be able to
1: do it. Now, as much as we knock Derek White, <laughs> if Derek White was playing his normal bench rotation, he could at least give you some resistance to Tyler Hero. Right. Pey- Peyton Pritchard has no chance. They're, they're right. in two different, le- two different leagues of basketball right now in their careers.
0: Uh, no arguments
1: here. Um, any last thoughts before we jump to the next game? Oh yeah, one last thing. Uh Daniel Tice. If he's getting minutes in this series, bro, you have to listen, you have if you're getting twenty minutes, you have to eat you have to eat up Dwayne Desmond inside. I'm sorry, he's not good. He's not said, good and you didn't do enough last night. I
0: said this before. Expecting anything from Daniel Tice is a problem. I just I don't believe in him. I don't think he's good. He's a fine person to put on a roster, but I just I can't expect much from that guy, man. I know. I for 20 minutes, he's got to do something. I agree. He's got to do something, but I <laughs> didn't expect
1: him to do something.
0: Um, okay. Let's jump to the uh, game for the night, right? Yep. So the Mavericks, I think, are favored by what, five and a half points tonight? I mean, no, no, excuse me, the Warriors. Yes. I think about five and a half points. They're home tonight. Uh, They play the Mavericks. So yes. let's go with a little different topic where how can the Warriors. Survive Luka Doncic, right? Yeah. So he has a lot of success against the worst this season. I believe they were three and one, correct? Yep. Um. So let's let's talk 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 about some simple things. One to me, Wiggins has to be the primary de- defender on Luca, but I want the ball out of his hands. I want to trap. I want to get physical. He was way too comfortable in that Phoenix series. Now. The Warriors did a lot of front running and hot dogging in the Memphis series, right? Yes. And they really soured a lot of people, and I think they soured themselves too. So I'm hoping that the attention to detail, the turnovers, the three point accuracy—I hope everything's improved today. Because like I said, that team I saw in the last series with the healthy John Morant, they should have lost. And I don't know if they know that or if they kind of just thinking like, "Yo, it's 2017 or it's 2015. It's all about the vibe check." No, I don't think so, brothers. Um. So again, uh shading Luca to his right might limit his step backs, but he um he'll always kill his opponents with playmaking. Now, to me, I always have my a philosophy question. I'm gonna ask you this: Would you rather have Luca with 35 points and four assists, or 25 points and 14 assists? 25
1: and 14. Why? Because that's the only way Dallas is gonna win the series. Because no, I'm talking
0: about if you're the Warriors.
1: Oh, if I'm the Warriors. Oh, no, if I'm the Warriors, I want Luka to have a 40 ball, 40 and 4.
0: Okay.
1: And that's why I was going to say I would disagree with you a little bit. I do like Wiggins on Doncic at some point, but for me, if I'm Steve Kerr, I'm putting Steph Curry on Luka to start the game, and here's why. No, this is why. Luka, to me, is the best point guard in the league at the pick and roll, right? Because of his size. But – You eliminate the pick-and-roll if you put Steph Curry on him because the goal is going to be for him to try to run the pick-and-roll to get Steph on him. I don't know how much they would run the pick-and-roll if Steph's the primary defender and now Luka's going to run a a natural pick-and-roll where he's going to get the Draymond switch right, or get the Kamenga switch or get, you know, the Wiggins switch. Not that Luka's afraid of those guys, but... I feel like if you if the best way to win is in my opinion is Luca going off and the other guys doing nothing, I'm putting Steph on him. Go right. off. You love that matchup, Luca. Go go hunt your forty five. Cause while you're hunting forty, that means you're taking twenty plus shots and those are shots that aren't going to Bullock or Dorian Finney Smith on the outside or Cleaver right. or whoever else. Right.
0: I think another problem, which I want to ask you about, is how do you think the Warriors defend the Mavericks' five out offense? And what I mean by that is putting Maxi Kleber at the center and just letting all the shooters bomb away, but once again,
1: putting Luka in the high pick and roll. Yeah, see, I think it's going to be tough for the Warriors. And it was tough during the regular season when they played teams like this. Yep. Uh, Minnesota gave them a lot of trouble doing this, too. So because the Warriors don't have athletic bigs past Draymond, right? Like, Kevin Looney is good. He's not an athletic big. They, they're going to have issues with Dallas's second unit. Because if they're not going to start Kevin Looney and they're going to bring him off the bench, you're putting him directly in the path of Maxie Kleber. And I don't think he can guard him because of how Maxi plays the game, right? Right. And then also, I think... But see, to me, the, the sneakier proposition in all of this is, is does Steve Kerr go with... Or not does he go with how long can he go with Kaminga? Because mm. Kaminga's the game changer in this new lineup because he is taller than uh, Gary Payton the third. And he's much taller than Jordan Poole.
0: I agree, he's taller, but, but he's not a better he's, defender. He's not a better defender, and I don't think he's the type of player that can guard Luca. I just think No,
1: I don't think he can guard Luka either. But my question is just how long can he stay on the floor? to buy minutes because once I, well, you go past him, it's going to get – like Otto Porter is not guarding Luka Doncic.
0: Right. I think they get Otto Porter for offensive uh, spacing, uh, rebounding. I don't think it's necessarily defense that's his calling card. But so my thing is I think Kevin Looney's going to be big in the series again. The one problem that I think me and you agree with the Mavericks are, they aren't great inside as far as their bigs. Nope. The White Powell, Maxi Kleber, uh, they don't play Bogdanovich uh, uh mostly. Luca does a lot of their rebounding. So, to me, you this goes back to the same thing with Memphis. You win the battle on the glass. So, I look at two guys, Draymond Green and Andrew. I expect both of them to have over seven and a half rebounds tonight because, to me, that's how you start winning. You don't let the Mavericks get offensive rebounds. Once you get Luka to a shot, you're going to have to get the – remember, rebounding is how you retain possession after an offensive stop. That's how you get the ball back. It's one of the biggest factors. So when teams yeah. don't rebound, they don't want to. They don't, you don't get stops. Um, oh,
1: and I will say ahead. this though too, because it's just something that people I think are overlooking. Dallas is the second slowest slowest-paced team in the NBA this season. Mm. They do not try to get out in transition. They do not like to get out in transition. They just they play a slow, methodical pace, just because they don't necessarily have the talent, right? Of ball handlers to really do stuff in the open court. Outside of Doncic and Brunson, everybody else is kind of suspect when it comes right. to dribbling the basketball. So, so because of that, I think it right. plays into the Warriors style of play. If like I know the Warriors want to get up and down, but I don't think Dallas can outscore them in a half-court system. And Dallas hasn't played the full Warriors roster yet this season either. Right. Which is something. And that, that's what I noticed in the Boston Miami series, too. Even though Miami had gotten the better of them in the regular season, when you look, uh, neither team had, has played each other when they're at 100%. So it's interesting.
0: So, also, the last point before I do our picks is that the Dallas Mavericks, I think, are the best team in the league as far as stopping opponent shooting guards for a scoring percentage. Yep. And that's a direct indictment on Clay Thompson, which I think will be erratic, but I actually like him to have a good series in this thing. I just don't believe that – I just believe he can score over um, Brunson. Even though Brunson's burly and he can stop him with spots, I just feel like he
1: can shoot over when he needs to. Yeah, see, the matchups in the series are going to be – they're so intriguing to me because it's who does Brunson guard, and the bigger thing to me is who does Reggie Bullock guard. Right. Because Reggie – like, I don't think – I mean, if you want to – I
0: put him on Wiggins.
1: And then you're – okay. And then just – oh, I mean, it's weird because – so I guess you're putting Luka then on Draymond? Yeah. Okay.
0: Six nine. Didn't you go ahead no, know, I'm just saying I didn't, yeah. Who do you got for tonight's game? Um Warriors are here by five and a half.
1: I got the Warriors by double digits. Wow. Big statement game. Wow.
0: Statement okay, so game. then who do you like tonight other than Curry to have a good game? Clay Thompson. You know, I'm with there with
1: you. Um Y'all for, listen, people not y'all, but People besides us forgot about Clay, and y'all gonna have to start putting some respect back but on his name. After
0: he's been inconsistent in the playoffs. He has been, Um, and I think people were saying that. But my thing is, like I said, when I watch Game Six, I just, I just believe he can have. Have he won't be good, in straight games, but again, I like him in this matchup. I don't care about the. I really do like him in this matchup. Again, I like Curry to cook. Curry can always cook Dallas. Oh, Transition is really big. And
1: I like Draymond tonight. Draymond might get a triple-double tonight. He's going to be aggressive, too. I also like Jordan Poole for 30 off the bench because that's something else nobody's talking about. Jordan Poole is going to absolutely cook Spencer Dinwiddie. That brother plays no defense. (laughs) And listen, this is a different series than they've played in the first two. Because the Jazz are starter, starter heavy, <clears throat> Phoenix is starter heavy. The Warriors are not. The Warriors right. play the hot hand, and I'm sorry, man. Spencer did he's going to have to guard somebody this series.
0: Yeah, so I'm going to take the Warriors to win, but I think Dallas is going to keep this game. Not five and a half, but I, I expect the, the Dallas to keep it within 10. So I say probably the Warriors win by four. So, but I think the Dallas can keep it ahead. So I'm gonna take the Dallas to cover this five and a half. Okay. I think it'll be a close game, but I think the uh, see see. Uh, I, I'm struggling with it. All right, I'm gonna take the Warriors to win, but it's gonna be a competitive, close game. But I just feel like ultimately, Steph and Clay are gonna do their thing. And like you said, I, I think they got a big problem with Jordan Poole off the bench. <laughs> yeah. and Wiggins too. I, this is a good series for Wiggins. It is. A, it's a great series for Wiggins. Good matchup. All right, last topic before we get out of here, I do not want to do a mock draft, but I do want to acknowledge and notice what happened from yesterday's draft lottery results, right? Yep. So the Orlando Magic did wind up with the first uh, overall pick, even though he had the second-worst record in the NBA. The Kings jumped to number four, right? Yep. Uh, The Blazers actually fell back um, to number seven.
1: Yeah.
0: And I think the Pistons fell back to number five, even though they had one of the three worst picks. So there's a lot to di- blah, 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 digest. Um, so we leave it at the top three. Let's just say, how do you
1: feel about Orlando getting the number one pick? Not good. Well, there was, if there was one team I was actually hoping wouldn't get the number one pick, it was Orlando. Orlando has some talent on their team. They have decisions to make. They do, and that's why. Orlando. But that's the thing. When, is, when has Orlando in the history of that organization and that franchise shown us that they can make good decisions? Because their um, decisions have been trading away Shaq, trading away Dwight Howard, you know, like trading away Tracy McGrady. Like,
0: <laughs> Hey, they got a good trade and trade away Vucevic for Wendell Carter
1: Jr. They did. But that's the other reason I didn't want them to have the first pick. And, you know, let's get to the crux of it. If you look at Orlando, what what the thing that they need, in my opinion, the most is they need a they need a shooting guard. They no, need somebody I, that can. Fill I don't up think the it's bucket.
0: shooting guard. I just think it's shooting.
1: Well, shooting and yeah, you're right. Not shooting guard, but you know, a wing player ish that can shoot the lights out. And unfortunately, I don't think you can get that at one. Because the best player to me that's available would be. Jaden Ivy, but he doesn't fit. You guys have gone guard too many times in Orlando. I was hoping Orlando would actually fall back a little bit or be able to make a trade. I just didn't like them at one. But OKC at number two? Yeah. Oh, it's going okay. down. Beastly. They're about to get a lot better real quick, y'all. It's going I'm down just letting beastly. people know because they can do one of two things. Yep. They can trade that number because remember, they have like. 20 first round picks in the next like six years. Yep. Or something stupid like that. So they could trade the number two pick. They could trade the number two pick and Shea Gilligus Alexander together mm-hmm. and go out and get them a superstar to build around. Right. Maybe a Bradley Beal, maybe a Damian Lillard, maybe, you know, we heard Donovan Mitchell might be available or Rudy Gobert. Like to me, OKC, because of all the assets they have in terms of picks, and they could also just keep the pick. And I think that, you know, any of those top three guys would help them. Chet Holmgren, uh, even though I think he's a bust. But Boncaro, uh, Jabari Smith, I think all those guys, I think they both would help OKC. And then the third team was – uh who's the third team? Um, third team – oh, Houston. Yeah. This is – again if there was a team I was hoping didn't get this high like it's not that these teams don't need talent but these teams also don't have a direction that we could see that they're clearly going in like are the Houston Rockets done with Christian Wood are they you know they got to pay John Wall a ridiculous amount of money to not play again like well, let's, look it, let's look
0: at it this way. Are Houston? Are they done with Christian Wood? Then we go to Orlando. Are they done with Jonathan Isaac? Because he still makes a lot of money on their roster. Or Mobamba. Mobamba. Need... Maybe you ask yourself do you see Mobamba as a long term fit? He's only 22, turning 23 this year, right? Yep. OKC can't lose. Whoever they get, whether it's Benchero, Holmgren, um, Jabari S- Smith, they yeah. need talent. They can't lose. All right, so whoever they take there, they're probably in the best spot of all these teams. Yep. Pistons are in a little tough spot because I felt like a guy at one or two can really go up for them. But maybe Ben Cheryl falls at number five. I highly doubt it. But even if he does, there's plenty of other guys that go to you got hey, him from Wisconsin.
1: I'm big on Jaden Ivey if they can get Ivy, him. you got in, the shooting uh, guard that
0: never played from um, Kentucky, Sharp.
1: Yeah, no, and he was real – but, see, he's a tricky one because he was good in high school – But he was more athletic than everybody he played against, so we don't know how good he truly was. Yeah. So what I want to do is (laughs) I want
0: to save this for Friday. Okay. And Friday we'll do our first mock post lottery draft. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So we're gonna wrap it up here. Um, Any last words you want to give to the people?
1: Only thing I'm gonna let everybody know: I stand with Mark Cuban. If you know, you know.
0: It's on that note, like, share, and subscribe. Tell a friend, and tell a friend, and tell a friend. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Hashtag K-N-O-W-Y-A-R-O-L-E-P-L-E-Y-E-R. Y'all know what to do. Run up the hashtags. Um, this podcast will be up by about 4.30 Eastern Standard Time. Happy hump day. Y'all be good. We'll talk to y'all Friday. Peace.